Proverbs chapter 10. Last week we looked at the first, first five verses and we noted that this was a transition to the remainder of the book primarily and how often now there are contrasts given. It's not just all focused on wisdom, but last week we looked at the contrast in the first five verses of chapter 10 between the wise and the foolish. Tonight we're going to see the contrast between the just and the wicked. In verse 6 it says, Blessings are upon the head of the just, but the violence, uh, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Verse 7, the memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Look down at verse 19. And a multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. Verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Then down to verse number 31. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. So in verse 7, it talks about the memory of the just contrasted with the name of the wicked. Verse 20, the tongue of the just contrasted with the heart of of the wicked and verse 31 the mouth of the just uh, contrasted with the froward tongue which is the the tongue of the wicked so let's start back in verse number six and sort of lay the groundwork of what it's talking about when it says blessings are on the head of the just but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked it literally, if you wanted to put it this way, blessings are the crown on the head of the just. It doesn't take a lot of reading in the scriptures to find that it, God delights to bless his people. The Bible talks how God is slow to anger, but quick to show mercy and blessing. In fact, Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. So repeatedly, the Bible reminds us that God loves to lavish, to pour out generously, uh, effusively his blessings on his people. Nehemiah 9, 16 and 17, But they and our fathers dealt proudly, and harden their necks, and hearken not to thy commandments, and refuse to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. Now, it's a good thing you and I are not God. At that point in time, we say, okay, away with you. But the verse goes on to say, but... Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. So this word blessing or blessings uh, is the same word 
that uh, would be translated benediction, a closing blessing, a closing word of uh, encouragement. It implies God's grace, God's prosperity, not limited to the material world, but God's gracious and liberal care for his children. So verse 6 says, blessings are upon the head of the just. So who are the just? Well, the, that Hebrew word is transla translated in our Old Testament righteous 162 times and just 42 times. And when you see it, it is talking about the person who is right and does right. It's talking about character and conduct. They are the just. They don't hold to a profession only, but they act out what they are. They are the just. So blessings are on the head of the just, contrasted with, it goes on to say, violence on the mouth, it covereth the mouth of the wicked. So a couple things about God's blessing before we look at these three statements. Number one, the Bible teaches us that God's blessings are greater than we can conceive or we can imagine. Now, unfortunately, we don't always pay attention to them. And we're not always as quick to be thankful for them. Remember the song, Count Your Blessings, name them one by one? And you'll be surprised at all the Lord has done. We tend to take God for granted. And to be aware and be reminded of God's blessings are plentiful is good for us. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Every single day, God shows his blessing in the life or on the lives of his children. The Apostle Paul put it this way, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. We, we can't even conceive. It's greater, it's bigger, it's better. Uh, we, we're not... Uh, just going through this world like the balls in a pinball machine, bouncing from circumstance to event to sadness to goodness, and they come randomly. No, God pours out his blessings on the path of his children. And it really, literally, one commentator put it this way, it's, verse 6 here is painting a picture uh, of a, the child of God being under a waterfall. It's the Niagara of God's blessings overflowing and being bestowed on his children. So God's blessings are greater than we can conceive or imagine. But secondly, and don't miss this, God's blessings are most often connected to our obedience. God's blessings are most often not always, but most often connected to our obedience. God is not like some Santa figure on the parade route tossing out his blessings to all the watchers uh, indiscriminately 
uh, just uh, whoever, whenever, however. No, the valve of obedience has to be opened for the blessings to flow. Now, this isn't some kind of a threat, obey or else, but rather it is the promise of God that he always keeps. Proverbs 28, verse number 20. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Now, we have to be honest. There's a couple types of blessings that the Bible talks about. There are temporal blessings. Things in this world. Material things. Keep your finger here in Proverbs 10 and turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 11. With the people of God, they were often tied to the land and their response to God's uh, direction or God's command. Proverbs 11, look at verse 26. Proverbs eleven twenty six reads, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if ye will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. So here's a very clear temporal blessing God had promised to his people as they were coming into the promised land. And the promise was, you obey me and I will bless you. You don't obey me and you're facing my judgment. By the way, that principle is true in all times. It's not limited just to this Old Testament epoch of time. God's blessing are connected to our obedience. Turn forward, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28 and look at verse number 2. He says, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if... Thou hearken, thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and increase of thy kind, and, of, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause, the enemy, uh, cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, both of those passages were God's blessings, his temporal blessings on his people connected to the land and their 
responsiveness in the land to his commands. But God is still God, and God will bless his people today as we are obedient to him. Not always necessarily in a temporal way, because God knows for some of us, rather than a blessing, that would be a curse. Because what did, what did the Bible say in Proverbs? Lord, don't bless me so much that I get full of myself and I turn away from you and I go my own way. Some people, it's just not a good thing to have much. You get in a lot of trouble. And God knows who he can bless. God knows who he cannot. And God does what's best for us. But God's blessings, there are temporal blessings, but that's not all the blessings the Bible talks about. There are spiritual blessings. For example, Psalm 3, verse 8, Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. You know, we all think that financial prosperity is the epitome of blessings. You know what? There are a lot of rich people who will die and spend eternity in hell. That's not a blessing. You want to know who the hardest people to reach in the world? The affluent. Why? They don't need God. They can buy their way out of anything. They want anything, they can have it. If you don't think that's true, go to wherever the millionaire's row is in Toronto and try and witness to them. I one time knew somebody, actually it was a guy I worked for when he first graduated from college. He uh, really had this dream of having a ministry to the up and inners instead of the down and outers. And he wanted to spend his time making appointments with you know, fluent, successful business owners, entrepreneurs, financial moguls, and just to sit down and try and win them to Christ. Now, God changed his direction. Nothing uh, ever came of that as far as I know. But let me tell you something. Ble financial blessings are not bad if they're in the will of God. They are bad outside the will of God. So spiritual blessings, would you rather be saved and struggle financially, but know the moment your life on earth is ended, you're in God's heaven and walking streets of gold in a city that's beyond the ability to describe. There are spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings. Isaiah 32, verse 17, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. We live in a world that is without peace, without stillness or quietness in their soul, and without uh, any kind of hope for the future. But a child of God, no matter their financial standing, no matter their uh, medical situation, no matter any circumstance in their life, can have peace. The word uh, assurance talks about confidence or settledness, but quietness. There's just this calm in their soul no matter what comes. Let me tell you, those are spiritual blessings. But the verse, verse 6, goes on to say, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. The word violence is talking about cruelty, but it also is a word translated unrighteousness. You see, what the Bible is saying here is with God's blessings, no matter our circumstances, we can praise God, but the wicked, those who do not know God, those who are not saved, their mouth is not used and cannot praise God, 
because they, they have made choices where they can't experience God's blessing. Or you could put it this way, their own unbelief of heart has shut off the flow of potential blessings on their life if they would just receive salvation in Christ. So the blessings of the Lord are like a crown on the head of the just. And then there's three statements it talks about the just here. Number one, verse seven, the memory of the just is blessed. The memory of the just is blessed. Think about a mentor spiritually or a pastor who invested in your life or someone who helped you grow spiritually. They could be gone, they could be experiencing their eternal reward, but you mention their name today and you still are blessed. The memory of the just is blessed. Psalm 112, verse 6, Surely he shall not be moved forever, for the righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Memory, remembrance, it's talking about a memorial. Even the memory of the righteous or the just is blessed because of their life, the influence of their life, the testimony of their life, the impact of their life. You see, the righteous life, a, a righteous life, will remain a blessing for their posterity. Uh, a simple, simple illustration. You never met my father. My father was not in ministry full time. He was a layman, a faithful layman. But to this day, my father, Jan's father, faithful laymen, godly men who did what they could to rear their family for God, their memory is blessed. When Jan's dad died going through his materials, we found a, one of those old steno notebooks, you know, where the spiral was at the top. And Jan's sister had come down with cancer and her dad retired so they could help care for her and care for her little baby. And, and while they were li living with their daughter and son-in-law, uh, he, he began writing a family history. His grandparents were the immigrants from Ireland. And so he began writing and he nearly filled that steno notebook. Well, when I found it, I thought, you know, this is something the whole family needs. So I typed it up, gave it to all the family members. Now I'm, I'm giving it to the grandchildren. Why? Because Marvin B. Kelly, Grandpa Kelly, my father-in-law, Jan's dad, was a righteous man and his memory is just. It's a blessing to think about Dad Kelly. It's funny, we get together, we still talk about Grandpa Kelly. My kids... Uh, their memories of Grandpa Kelly so on. The memory of the just is blessed. But on the other hand, unfortunately, I've had, to, I've had to be involved in counseling one particular man in ministry, faithfully serving the Lord, doing a wonderful job. I wouldn't mention his name, but his own father had been in ministry and his father turned out to be immoral, brought great shame on the family. His dad's been out of ministry for probably getting close to 10 years, maybe a little longer. 
But to this day, you mention his name among those who knew him, it brings shame. The memory of the just is blessed, notice verse 7, but the name of the wicked shall rot. A man by the name of Barrow put it this way, no spices can so embalm a man, no monument can so preserve his name and memory as a pious conduct whereby God has been honored and man has been befitted. What is he saying? After you're gone, you can't change the reflection on your life. What a contrast where the memory of the just is a great blessing. The name of the wicked shall rot. Of course, Proverbs written by Solomon in his early days. In his older days, he, he wrote Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 10. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. When the Bible uses this word name, it's not working. It's not speaking of a person's identity. I'm Bob Wall. That's my name. That's how people know me. Your name, it identifies you. But the word name here is talking more of your life's reputation. When you're dead and gone, what are, gonna, what are people going to say about you if they say the truth? Is your memory going to be a blessing? You know, they were faithful. They had a heart for God. They wanted to serve God with the abilities they had. They were always there encouraging our church family. They, they helped me in ways just by their example, not that they did anything specific. You see, for the just, their memory is a blessing to all that knew them and specifically to their posterity. But for the wicked, their memory just stinks. That's the idea of the word, shall rot. You know, when something is corrupting you smell it ever had a potato go bad Ooh, that's a bad smell that's a bad smell something in the back of the fridge you forgot to throw out and then you open it up and it's like woo you see the name of the wicked shall rot and here's the point we'll move on each of us chooses how we will be remembered by how we live our lives today. Either our memory will be a blessing and be praised in truth, or it'll be one hopefully everybody forgets because of the shame it brings. The memory of the just is blessed. Look down at verses 19 through 21. Verse 20 is the verse, but the context is in the three, and the multitude of words are wanteth not sin. Boy, there's a good verse. Some people who talk too much ought to memorize. The less you talk, the less propensity to sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. Verse 20 is what we're going to look at. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. 
This word for tongue is found 117 times in the Old Testament. What is the tongue? It's God's created organ for communication. Our communication with others and our communication with God. As you look at all the times, and I didn't look them all up, obviously, but you study through the, the references to the tongue in Scripture, you find that it is or can be a source of much good or much evil. And I found just looking at some of the references and cross-referencing it, most of the references are to the misuse rather than the right use of our tongue. Things like slander, Proverbs 17.4, flattery, Psalm 5.9, arrogance, Psalm 12.4, hurting others, Psalm 52.2, lies or falsehood, and the list is endless. Psalm 52.2 says, Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor, working deceitfully. Psalm 52.4, Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. Have you ever had somebody let their tongue go like a razor and just slice and dice you? I have. And then the next verse, thou, thou devouring words just rip you up one side and down another. You see, the tongue of the just or the righteous person is as choice silver. Not just silver. The idea is purified silver. It has enhanced value. Why? It's been refined. The words are thoughtfully given. They're not just carelessly thrown out. They, they have been considered and weighed thoughtfully to be helpful, to be a blessing. They're choice because in the book of wisdom, they express great wisdom. So the speech of the righteous is valuable because it helps us, it encourages us, it instructs us, it directs us, and it helps us to be all God wants us to be. There are some people I just love to spend time with and talk to. This, this week, Monday, Tuesday, if I were still on the board at BIMI, I would have been down in Chattanooga and one of the things I liked about that wasn't necessarily the business and the meeting and carrying all that out, although that was, that's always fun and encouraging to see new missionaries and people surrendering to the call of God. But quite often among those preachers, that was the only time I would see them. And to sit at the dinner table and just talk or get Dr. Sis talking and just listen to a man like that. The mouth, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. I've learned more accidentally with people like that than I have learned purposefully on my own. But the contrast is the heart of the wicked is little worth. Interesting pairing, the tongue against the heart. The heart of the wicked is worthless is what it says. So 
what they say is worthless. It has no value. Why? Well, we know from the New Testament, the heart is revealed in the words. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. He said in Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. And again, the heart in scripture is not talking about that muscle in your chest that's pumping blood. It's talking about the real you, the core of your personality or character. We know that from Proverbs 3, verse 1, where he said, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. So the memory of the just is blessed. The tongue of the just is choice silver. Look down at verse 31 and we'll finish up. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. Now, initially, when I began this study, I wondered if the word translated tongue in verse 20 and the word translated mouth in verse 31 were the same words, but they're not. This word mouth is a more common word in the Old Testament found 500 times, most frequently in the Psalms. Uh, look down at verse 11. The mouth of the righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. It is used of God speaking. Well, what do we know when God speaks? God speaks with authority. God speaks with finality. This is, there's no debating this. There's no uh, compromising this. In the Psalms and wisdom literature, this word is most often not used for God speaking, but for man's speaking. What does our mouth reveal about us? What is it speaking of our speech, of course? It's again revealing our character, our disposition. So he's saying here that our speech brings forth wisdom. That word wisdom is found 145 times. It's repeated all throughout the scripture. It's, it, it's used differently. It's used as skill, uh, as in war, or a skill in administration. I would, I would like to learn some of that. It's, it, it's a skill like in being prudent, knowing what to say, what to do, what not to say, what not to do, and in ethical and spiritual matters. In the Bible, though, there is a direct connection between righteousness and wisdom. Look back in Proverbs chapter 2. We see this contrast now between the wise and the foolish, or here called the perverse. Verse 12, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things. Now remember, I, I've told you, but it's a weird word, so I need to remind you. It means twisted or distorted things. Doesn't speak the truth. 
Verse 14, who rejoice to do evil, who delight in the frowardness of the wicked. So now we go back to our text in verse 31. The mouth of the wicked just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward or wicked tongue shall be cut out. The wise is praised because their speech is helpful, encouraging, challenging, directing. But the froward face the consequences of their own wickedness. Their voice will be silenced. Now, the Bible is not teaching, as in Sharia law, you lie, they cut out your tongue. It's not a literal statement. What he's saying is the, the righteous or the just, people want to listen because people know they're being helped. But people who don't speak the truth, they're froward in their speech. People just tune them out and shut them off. The just and the wicked. The memory of the just is blessed. None of us know how long we have, but one day, apart from the rapture, our funerals are going to be held, and I often say we ought to so live our lives that people can tell the truth. And our memory is a blessing. I hope when my life is ended, if the Lord hasn't returned, my grandchildren would be proud of the fact that Grandpa was a preacher. I, I, that, I would aspire to that. I mean, that's not in my thoughts every day. Then my kids would say the right things about me, but they're true. They're not just doing the eulogy thing. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we so walked with God that people just wanted to hear what we had to say? They, they sought it as if it was great riches. And the mouth of the just gives wisdom. People hear and they heed and they're blessed. What else can you ask for?